News Weekly is an ad-free, listener-supported podcast made possible by teammates like you. Just go to patreon.com slash samishah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. Top Stories of the Week! The Liberal Party gets off the van. Also, it's a right-wing roundup. All that and a little bit more on News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. People more angry that Lydia Thorpe was right about something than what she was actually right about. News now. The week started like any other in Australian politics, with everyone dissecting the life of alleged rape victim Brittany Higgins by combing through her confidential text messages, which have most likely been leaked to conservative media by the police, and using them to paint a picture of her as conspiring and conniving, and the innocent politicians as victims of her machinations. Minister Gallagher seeking to explain why, two years ago, she denied knowing of Miss Higgins' claim before it was made public. No one had any knowledge. How dare you? Now we will it's all move. about we protecting will yourself. Leaked text messages between Ms Higgins and her partner David Shiraz revealed Senator Gallagher did know of the allegation at least four days before the bombshell interview aired. Her explanation? That while she did receive information from Mr Shiraz beforehand... I did nothing with that information. Absolutely nothing. I was asked to keep it to myself and I did. The Liberals have been particularly dogged in their demands that Finance Minister Katie Gallagher resign, probably because it draws attention away from tweets by Brittany Higgins herself that show Liberal Party Senator Michaelia Cash might also have been lying about when she knew about the alleged rape, something that no major news outlet seems to have bothered following up on. Probably because they prefer reading what Brittany Higgins has to say only when it's leaked to the Australian and not presented by her herself. So, like I said, just another normal week of Australian politics completely disgracing itself by being gross. And then, because the Liberal Party loves shooting feet even more than Quentin Tarantino... Argument in the Senate took an unexpected turn when Victorian Liberal David Van was on his feet. Those opposite continue to attack Senator Reynolds and throw mud across the chamber while claiming in- indemnity and innocence. Senator Thorpe, please, please, Senator Thorpe. Senator Thorpe, Senator Thorpe, please. Lydia Thorpe, the former Green turned independent, repeatedly interrupting her Senate colleague. I'm feeling really uncomfortable when a perpetrator is speaking Thorpe, about Senator violence. Senator Thorpe, that's inappropriate. That's inappropriate and reflected pulling the member, and I have to ask you to withdraw that. She didn't, going further under parliamentary privilege. I can't, because this person... Senator Thorpe, I, I would just warn you at this point... At this point sexually this, assaulted that, that, me... Senator, Senator Thorpe... And the Prime Minister had to remove him from his office... Senator and Thorpe. to have him talking about this today is an absolute disgrace. I have to... Uh, Senator Thorpe, Thorpe, I have party. to call you to... I utterly reject that statement, that disgusting statement, outright. It is just a lie, and I reject it. Victorian Liberal David Van issued a statement further denying the allegations, forgetting he's a member of the Victorian Liberals and therefore every denial of anything is always a precursor to a confirmation of much, much worse. 
Meanwhile, all of Australia decided it would do what it always does when a woman alleges sexual assault and that's attack the woman. Former Victorian Premier and still world record holder of the largest collars on a shirt, Jeff Kennett, tweeted, The whole Senate, regardless of politics, should move to suspend her from the Senate for a year. Never have I seen such an appalling misuse of privilege. Pauline Hanson went on canine canoodler Chris Kenny's show to somehow come up with an even worse take on all this than I could have predicted. What I would like to see, with defamation cases, you've got a 12-month period to, for, to uh, make a defamation against another person. Same for sexual allegations. They should be a 12-month period for them to make a, a, an allegation or a, a charge against someone, not 10, 20 or 3, 10, 20, even 30 years um, against someone like they did with Christian Porter. It's wrong and it shouldn't be allowed. Scott Morrison, who was Prime Minister at the time that Lydia Thorpe alleged the sexual harassment and assault took place, quickly issued a statement denying any knowledge of this. While I believe my response to be accurate at the time, I cannot obviously fully discount that her, election of the, her recollection of those events now were the more accurate. Oh wait, sorry, that was him claiming not to know about an allegation made by an ex-staffer regarding what he knew about the Brittany Higgins case. He had to issue that claim the day before Lydia Thorpe's allegation. Now the former Prime Minister Scott Morrison's issued a statement as well late tonight uh, saying that he does not remember any such allegation from Senator Lydia Thorpe or being involved in David Van moving his office. Somehow he never remembers anything about sexual harassment or assault whenever it happens. Maybe because there was just too many cases during his time in office to keep track of them. Was was this the one about Barnaby? No. Oh, oh. Is this the one about the guys masturbating on a female colleague's desk? No. Oh, okay. Oh, is this the one about the orgies in the prayer room? No. Oh, oh, oh. By the way, all of those are real, in case you forgot. David Van, who last year had to apologise for barking and making growling sounds in Parliament when Jackie Lambie was speaking, continued to deny Lydia Thorpe's claims, even during an interview on Ben Fordham's 2GB radio show, which applied the same rigorous interrogation tactics that Channel 7 subjected Bruce Lemon to the week before. Have you sexually assaulted Lydia Thorpe? Uh, absolutely no. Did you rape Brittany Higgins? No, I didn't. It seems like that's the only trial anyone accused of sexual assault or rape is ever properly subjected to in Australia. A mediocre right-wing journalist asks if they did it, they say no, then we all move on to wondering why all these women keep getting assaulted all the time. And then Peter Dutton, who once claimed refugees on Nauru who said they had been raped were trying it on, made an announcement. Uh, Further allegations in relation to Senator Van have been brought to my attention it left Peter Dutton with no choice but to boot him out of the Liberal Party room. I met with Senator Van this morning and a short time ago I advised Senator Van uh, of my decision that he should no longer sit in the Liberal Party party room. In breaking news, another former colleague of David Van has made allegations against the senator. Amanda Stoker has released a statement detailing allegations of sexual harassment and assault in November 2020. Do you know how serious an issue this has to be for the party that once had a group of members calling themselves the big swinging dicks to kick someone out? So, is that the end of the accusations against David Van? Are, are there other allegations that you're aware of? Yes, I am, uh, and I've raised uh, another allegation uh, with Senator Van, but uh, I'm not going to comment in relation to those matters otherwise. Uh, I made a decision yesterday 
based on all of the information that was available to me. Senator David Vann has repeatedly said he has no memory of these allegations, making Scott Morrison furious as that's his excuse for everything and Senator Vann should find his own take. The question now being asked is why the Liberals didn't expel David Vann from their party before. You know, when Lydia Thorpe asked to have her office moved away from him, or when Amanda Stoker informed the party leadership that he'd sexually assaulted her. Here's Channel 7's Natalie Barr putting that question to Deputy Opposition Leader Susan Lee. Susan, two of these are Liberal women. Why are we only hearing about this now? Has this been swept under the carpet while you were in government? No, Nat, and I won't comment on the accuracy or otherwise of the individual allegations. You'll appreciate it's not appropriate to do that. But Peter Dutton heard these issues. He made inquiries. He acted accordingly. That's a strong demonstration of his leadership when it comes to these matters. Only the now when it was from forced the Liberal Party room. on him, only now when it was forced on him, you are supposed to be the best of us, you are supposed to be representing us, you are supposed to be running this country. And from out here, it looks like a cesspool. Sometimes issues don't become known until well after the issues occurred. And they that were known, is because they of were reported. Amanda Stoker reported it. it. It was very clear she did not hide this by the sound of it from what she says. Nat, Nat, I'm not going to go into the details of who said what and under what circumstances. The Victorian Liberal Party is meeting next week to decide on David Vann's fate, which means he's probably got a long and fairly successful career in politics ahead of him. The Labour Party, meanwhile, is sacrificing the housing market to whichever god just gave them a break so they can continue to not have to address any sexual harassment in their own party. Right-wing dickheads news now. It's been a hard week for fans of right-wing political leaders with buffoonish sensibilities who are also largely responsible for destroying the credibility of the democratic process. In the US, Donald Trump was arraigned for keeping classified files in a bathroom. In the UK, Boris Johnson has been found to have deliberately misled the House of Commons in a new report. And in Italy, Silvio Berlusconi is dead. So, you know, at least some good news. Let's go to America. Every U.S. president hopes to achieve a historic first. Obama was the first black president. Richard Nixon was the first president to visit all 50 states. Lyndon B. Johnson was the first president to talk about how large his penis was and give it a nickname. Jumbo, by the way, in case you were wondering. Donald J. Trump has already had his first by being the first president to be impeached twice. But for him... That's just not enough. And he entered the court, becoming the first ever former president to be federally prosecuted in US history. It's alleged that he kept US government secrets in a shower, bathroom, ballroom and bedroom of his Mar-a-Lago estate. He pleaded not guilty. The arraignment included all kinds of humiliations that he had once promised to subject Hillary Clinton to. His fingerprints were taken digitally. And he filled out a U.S. Marshal's Service arrest form with plenty of intrusive questions. Are you suicidal? Violent criminal record? Escape risk? Scars, marks, tattoos? Wait, he's got to put yeah. in things he doesn't want to put in. He did not have to have his mugshot taken. There are plenty of pictures of Donald Trump. They will upload one into the system so it's not blank. His arraignment took place in a 13th floor courtroom. And last night, he told a conservative radio host what he would say. I'll just say not guilty. I didn't do anything. 
After the arraignment, Trump left and went to a restaurant in Miami where his supporters were waiting to show how tolerant they are of free speech and a free press. The visit was pre-arranged and the restaurant was packed with Trump supporters. That's when Sophie Alexander, a producer for Sky News London, asked, President Trump, are you ready to go to jail? Trump didn't hear her, but his followers sure did, and they lost it. She says they threw her out of the restaurant with some choice words. Get out, you stupid bitch. At that restaurant, his supporters then sang happy birthday for the sprightly 77-year-old who showed just how generous and appreciative he was. Are you ready? Are you ready? Food for everyone. Food for Those cheers are by fans of Trump who have not paid attention to a single thing he's ever done his entire career. The Miami New Times quotes a knowledgeable source who said that Donald Trump's stop at Versailles totaled about 10 minutes, leaving no time for anyone to eat anything, much less place an order. He didn't even serve the McDonald's, an honor he clearly only reserved for White House guests. Then Trump flew to New Jersey, where he delivered a speech that CNN refused to air. The folks in the control room, I don't need to see any more of that. He, this, he's trying to turn this in. He's trying to turn it into a spectacle, into a campaign ad. That's enough of that. While Fox News used it as an opportunity to make us wonder if Tucker Carlson was actually making them less crazy before he got kicked out. Over on Fox News, Brian Kilmeade was all in for Trump. Here's how he introduced him. This is the president of the United States. And look at the caption that appeared on the screen moments later, calling President Biden a wannabe dictator. Trump's speech in Jersey was classic Trump, painting himself as the victim. Today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Then giving an explanation for why he had the boxes in the first place. Is that these boxes were containing all types of personal belongings, many, many things, shirts and shoes and everything. Then starting a new conspiracy theory. And those that raided Mar-a-Lago, they were putting documents all over the floor. Remember that famous picture? All over, say confidential, said presidential, said all sorts of things. And it was supposed to be there like it was that way when they raided. It wasn't that way. They put them there, took the picture, and released it illegally to the press. Then, making a weirdly personal attack against the special prosecutor. He's a raging and uncontrolled Trump hater, as is his wife. And then ending on the old classic. We will take back our country, and we will make America great again. Democrats are currently excited about the prospect of Trump being found guilty and going to jail, showing they know even less about the US legal system than Trump supporters do. Meanwhile, in the UK, the investigation has ended into whether or not Boris Johnson deliberately lied about parties in 10 Downing Street during COVID lockdown and then abused and persecuted anyone assigned to investigate those parties. The result is shocking to anyone who thinks Boris Johnson is somehow a man of the people because he ruffles his stupid fucking hair and says um a lot. Uh, the main headline, of course, is that the report has been released and it finds that Boris Johnson deliberately misled Commons. The Privileges Committee has concluded that Boris Johnson deliberately misled the House of Commons, committing a serious contempt. Uh, this investigation by a committee of MPs at Parliament has found that Boris Johnson deliberately misled the House of Commons on eight occasions and deliberately lying to the House is a serious offence. It also found that he misled that Privileges Committee that was investigating him and undertook a campaign of abuse against the MPs who were investigating him. Now, this opens up... 
uh, all sorts of fresh criticism about Boris Johnson, his character and his uh, time as Prime Minister, particularly from opposition parties. I mean, it should be from his own party. A lot of the punishments no longer apply to Boris Johnson as he anticipated this result and already resigned last week. But there's still one humiliation he suffers that we can masturbate to. That he would be suspended from the House of Commons even as a non-MP, meaning he can't even enter the parliamentary estate here, uh, which would normally be his right as a former MP. And that is humiliating as a former Prime Minister. And finally, if you haven't come yet, you can stop edging because Silvio Berlusconi has died. We start in Italy, where one of the most dominant figures in public life, the billionaire media magnate and former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi, has died at the age of 86. Many of you might be thinking it's inappropriate of me to be celebrating someone's death. And I just want to say, you're probably right, but let's fucking do it anyway. Berlusconi's legacy includes being funded by the mafia, calling Angela Merkel a quote, unfuckable fat ass, hosting what he called bunga bunga parties where he and his friends would have sex with underage prostitutes and most likely had a witness to those parties killed. The Italians have considered his legacy and mourned him nationwide, which explains why in the previous election they voted for a far-right extremist with an open love for fascism, proving they may have one of the finest cuisines in the world, but haven't had a single good political leader since Trajan in 53 AD. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. If you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and a nice review. And after that, I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines. <laughs> <laughs>